from. And uh, I want to read just a few verses from Luke 15 and verse 20. And it says this. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. That word compassion literally means to feel something in your inner being. If I can use the word in terms of modern vernacular, you feel it in your guts when you're compassionate. Whilst he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. So they began to celebrate. For a few moments, the title of the message this morning is pulled from a book that was written some years ago by one of the international leaders of a missions organization called Youth with a Mission. His name was Floyd McClung. Uh, He's an American, North American, that served in Europe for many years. He wrote a book called The Father Heart of God. The Father Heart of God. And if you take nothing else from this morning about... uh, 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 apart from me not being a very good darts player, or sort of balls being thrown around or whatever, we want you this morning to be reminded that the Father heart of God is still at work in the earth today. In fact, friends, as we were worshipping, I sensed the Father heart of God all over this building, wooing people to him. And so as we say, the story is often called the prodigal son. But this morning, I don't want to concentrate on the son, or rather, should I say, the sons, because they both got lessons to teach us. But for these few moments, I want to think of the other person in the story, the father. Because the Bible gives us a window on the very father heart of God, as we see this father in action. And I want to try and do two things by God's help. One, I want to remind us that God's for us. And he wants to be a father over all of our lives. And then two, I want to inspire fathers and dads here to reflect something of the father heart of God in this world. And you may say, and I've said this from the pulpit before, and I make no apology for saying it again, I'm not a biological father. I'm not yet a biological father. But I tell you what, you can be a father in the spirit to people that need help in the Lord. I've had 30 years experience of being an earthly dad. I'm not saying I'm the best. But it's been an absolute privilege. And even yesterday, I had to be a dad. Because my eldest daughter's getting married three weeks on Saturday. And at the moment, she feels that she's spinning loads of plates. And they're falling to the ground and crashing. Anybody been there? And she get ready for the big day. And she's 30. She's a grown-up woman. She's strong. She's self-willed. She's making her own... But I had to be dad say, come on, it's going to be all right. It's going to be a great day. And uh, not because I'm anything special, but it made a difference. I uniquely can speak that into two people in the world. But I want to be a father to many other people as well. And if I can say it with humility, friends, I think that's part of my call in this season of my life, to be a dad. And the reality is, friends, that in our social fabric of society over the last 40 to 50 years... There have been huge shifts 
And one of the areas that this has been reflected in is fathering. So that often we hear the phrase nowadays, a fatherless generation. Some of this has been done deliberately by what we call social engineering. There have been people, friends, some of them very clever, that have marginalized the importance of fathering in its role that it plays in a cohesive community and society. Some of it, friends, and as I've already confessed, I'm part of the Father's Union, has been done carelessly and fecklessly by men. And it's reaped a whirlwind. In a recent report in one of the broadsheets, the report told us that there are one million men that live in the United Kingdom that have dependent children that they don't live with. And 130,000 of them, those men have no contact with those children at all. In a recent Father's Day service in a black majority church in America, President Barack Obama, who himself had to navigate an errant father that went from him in his formative years, said this, too many fathers have gone missing, behaving like boys and not men. And the emotional, psychological, relational, social and spiritual values of our society have been undermined, friends, by the unique role that fathers can play. Not because they're perfect, not because they never make mistakes, not because they don't get it wrong, but because of the gift that God wants to flow in their lives. And sometimes we look over the picture of society and it seems hopeless. But we're in church this morning. And church, friends, loves to paint pictures in realism, but always to get us to run to a hope. And that hope is found in the living God, who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth 2,000 years ago to bridge the gap, the, the unbridgeable gap between a holy God and an imperfect world. And he took the pain for us this morning. He took it. And his Holy Spirit is at work in the earth today to woo people to him. And that includes men. Men that say, you'll never find me in a church. I won't be seen dead in a church. It's, it's, for, it's just for the girls. It's just for the boys and girls. But somehow you're here this morning. And as Christian said in the prayer time, you're not even sure why. Well, you're here because God is seeking to speak to you. And the reality is, friends, in 2014, the Heavenly Father is still looking out for those that are far off and longing to welcome them to himself. This particular son had got in a right mess. Willful, errant, arrogant. The ultimate ignominy of a Jewish boy was to end up in a pigsty. There's Jesus using extreme. And then some shifts in his heart. This is ridiculous. Even my dad's servants are treated better than this. I have been so stupid. I wonder if I try and make my way back to dad's house, at least he might make me a servant. And so he set back on a path of restoration. And restoration, friends, is simply where we see put back together that which is broken. A few years ago in the Rieks Museum in Amsterdam, a hooligan went in and sought to destroy a famous painting of Rembrandt called The Night Watch. It was vandalized, it was slashed. It seemed impossible to be restored, but the museum creators thought otherwise. And carefully, expertly, deliberately, over many weeks and months, they restored that Rembrandt painting back to its former glory so further visitors to the museum could look on it in wonder. 
That's how it works with God. Broken. Failed. Messed up. Disappointed. Depressed. And God seeks to begin to work in our lives, friends. To begin to put us back together. You see, the ultimate aim of God in his eternal purposes is to take us back to where we started. Fully restored in complete and beautiful communion with him. That is the eternal day. In the meantime, friends, in what is often an ugly world, he is loving to restore people and bringing them to himself. The sun set out, and while he was a long way off, the father saw him. Isn't it amazing? You can recognize some people's silhouette and say, that's one of mine. That's one of mine. Maybe the gates, maybe the shoulders into the neck, whatever it is. But as he looked day after day after day, as he prayed, as some of you are praying day after day, for your errant son and daughters to return, one day it all changed. He says, that's my boy. He's on his way back. He came back to the father. Before he even got into the compound, before he even got into the area, the father had ran to him and threw his arms around him and had compassion on him, felt him from within and kissed his son. What an amazing expression of wanting to restore. And there were four things, friends, that symbolically spilled out of that journey of the son finding again a relationship with the father. Number one, affection. He embraced him and kissed him. It's amazing how many guys are wrecked because if you talk to them, you strip the layers off them. So my dad never hugged me. My dad couldn't articulate the words, I love you. I'm talking about guys my age. Wrecked. Wrecked. Whatever your earthly experience, friends, God loves you. He throws his arms around you today. Oh, I'm running to his arms. He said, I love you. Not only affection, but recognition. Because he put a robe on him. He says, never mind about all this nonsense about being a servant. You are being restored to be an honored son. And we understand, friends, the principle of servanthood, which is a deep ethic of arena church. And today couldn't happen without people serving sacrificially and genuinely from the heart. But it's not just about servanthood. Servanthood works when we balance it with sonship. As Helen reminded us last week, why do we do what we do? Because we're favored, robed sons and daughters of the Lord that are recognized as part of his kingdom. And then thirdly, affirmation. As the ring went on his finger, he says, you belong to me. And fourthly, liberation. You see, with respect, friends, it was the servants that didn't wear the shoes, not the sons. And he gave him a pair of sandals and says, go on, run again into the wide open spaces of the purposes that you nearly ruined for your life. And it may be that you've been walking around barefoot for a time, metaphorically, of course. And today, God shoes you afresh to liberate you into his renewed purposes for your life. And for your family. And so this morning, Father's Day, in Arena Church. And friends, as I see on social media right across the globe, people celebrating dads, men. We take a few moments 
to gladly reaffirm the father heart of God in the church, to gladly say again that we believe in dads and we believe in men in our church. And ladies, we're different. And some of you have spent 30 or 40 years trying to work it out. We're different. But just as he loves you, he loves us. And we affirm manhood and fatherhood again in arena. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. This day, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose life that your children may live. Three applications as I close. Number one this morning, to lost, prodigal, fallen people in the church. You've ran from the Father. You've done your own thing. To quote Danny Gunn last week, you've lived without boundaries. And you've ended up in a mess. God's looking. Will you run again to the Father this morning? Maybe there's been something stirring in your heart. I don't even know if God will accept me. Friends, he's waiting to accept you. What about those this morning that, as Christian alluded to in the prayer time, find it difficult to relate to Father? But this morning, friends, he recognizes that you're saved and he's still sorting us all out, and that's okay. He reminds us today that it's not about rules but relationship. He reminds us today that he doesn't want to push away, but he wants to draw in. It's not about exclusion. It's about embrace. And maybe today is the breakthrough of the healing of your heart to get a revelation of who the Father really is as he sits over you. And thirdly, to dads. Imperfect dads like me that sometimes get it wrong. I don't think I've ever been called a dog, a dog Douglas, but anyway, but uh, he'll need healing afterwards. And our kids see us, as our, see us as our best, but you know what? They also see, it as, see us as our worst. And sometimes we feel we've got to be perfect. No, friends, we've just got to commit to the journey. Just got to commit to the journey of letting God be at the center of all that we do. And God says this morning, if you're lost and fallen and away from him, if you find it difficult to relate to him because of circumstances that he fully understands, if, or if you're a dad this morning that says, I'm doing my best, and I just want Jesus to help me do it better, then this morning he pours over us wastefully and extravagantly afresh affection, recognition, affirmation, and liberation. Friends, he's always on the lookout. This morning afresh, let's take the choice to run to his arms anew.